Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, quick trigger warning. We do talk about suicide in this episode and we have our usual bad language. Oh my God. Are they trying to tell us the deer is God? Yes. Welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Go ahead, tell everyone what I did about right, my failure. So, <laughs> so I have been in charge of all of the moving around of the recordings and saving recordings and archiving things and posting things onto our sites and everything and through a hundred episodes haven't so lost been, anything you've essentially been the producer yeah i edit and you're the producer and i haven't lost one thing <laughs> amy takes over because she's doing this for other podcast weeks. amy takes over like we shouldn't pay for two instances of this stuff let's do it on this other one she's on her third recording for us and has lost a file <laughs> so she has a th- i was telling her she has a 33 percent failure rate that's so not good guys, that's not good odds by the time you hear this we don't know if you've heard preacher takes a wife maybe maybe, maybe not <laughs> let me summarize it for you ick 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 harriet is a douchebag <laughs> yeah that was pretty bad <laughs> and we loved what's her name anna we loved her or amy you could just play mine and record like record yourself talking back to the my track <laughs> <laughs> that would be so weird Oh, all right, Jenny. So this is it. I mean, this is the one we've been waiting for. And boy, did it deliver. (laughs) Yes, it did. We are looking today at Little House on the Prairie, The Return of Ride or Die. That's all I have. Season six, episode eight, The Return of, it's actually called The Return of Mr. Edwards, but we're calling it The Return of of Ride or Die. And that's what we're putting on the feed. Yes, yes. The description reads, when Isaiah Edwards loses his will to live after a crippling logging accident, a letter to Walnut Grove from his worried wife, Grace, brings Charles and Laura back to the big woods to try to help their old friend. Someone lied to me, Jenny, because there were not imposters in this family. Grace was Grace. Um, I feel like they told us that happened when he came back in season nine. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that's that's I think that's what we were told. I don't I don't think it was about this one. Okay, so you know who you know who wasn't there. I know who wasn't there. First of all, not only Carl's Jr. wasn't there. Okay, fine, whatever. But John Jr. wasn't even referenced. Yeah, but he's an adult and he moved away. Like, he's not part of, like, their nuclear family anymore. Is that a new cup? Mm. Do you have a new Yeti? I've had this one. It's one of the million swags that we get from work. Okay. I have a Yeti, and there have been times I've put coffee in it. This is riveting for our audience. (laughs) There have been times I've put coffee in it, and I come home from work because I forgot it, and it's still warm. Yeah, they're pretty good. I have, Mm -hmm. like, four of them. They're pretty good. Highly recommend. Also, a watching recommendation. I don't know if I talked about this already. I'm watching Dope Sick. Did I talk about this? Yeah, you already talked about this, but I think you may have lost that file, so. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Dope Sick, Michael Keaton, Peter Skarsgård. Skarsgård? Sarsgard. Yeah. It's amazing. It's on Hulu. Really, really good, guys. Check it out if you can. Okay, Jim. Let's get into this. We open on Mr. Edwards walking along and singing Old Dan Tucker. 
Like were immediately dag Burnett, old man Tucker, and some threats. <laughs> we're like starting off hot here. He's working in the woods and he's kind of a boss. <laughs> like an like, actual he's... boss or like kind of a boss? <laughs> an actual boss. Like a manager? He's... Yeah, he's logging with some dude named Shorty. Let's talk that dude's about... been in dude's been in the little house before. Let's talk about seventies and eighties nicknames. Bad. Always they inappropriate. Just, they just called you out on whatever your flaw was. <laughs> so I don't know if I've told this story before, but Timmy and I ran into an old friend of his and they call him Fatty. They call yeah, you him told, Fatty. You told me this story before. And yeah. I refuse to call him that. And yeah. he's like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. No. So, of course, we pick this guy. We pick out this guy's height and we call him Shorty. Okay. Great. So... Edwards is the foreman, foreman here, and he wants the men to work harder and faster, Jen. And Alicia shows up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Alicia shows up. I have up, a question. Did you get this? What? Hmm. Has she Edwards? aged at the same rate that the Ingles have aged? We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Edwards calls her Button, which I think is really, really cute. Okay. Alicia made sandwiches, Jen, and they were supposed to have lunch together. Now, I have later, but we can talk about it now since you brought it up. Alicia is 14 months older than Carrie, the actress. Okay. She can act circles around Carrie. I thought she was closer to Laura's age, but I'm like, Laura so much, yeah. seems so much older. No, I, I have it. Hold on. Stay with me. I have the exact dates here. Um, I think they... Alicia was born in 1969... Carrie was born in 1970, so they are right around 10 years old at this point. Okay, and, yeah, Carrie um, seems like four. Alicia's, like, later, like, giving complicated dialogue. Yep. Carrie can barely muster, ah, I want a cupcake! I don't know what the fuck she <laughs> she, she has imaginary well. friends still. Yes, yes. All right, so... Alicia made sandwiches, and they were supposed to have lunch together. So, like, she, you know, nice and happy, brings out sandwiches to her pop, whatever. Alicia turns to leave, because Ingalls is like, or, I mean, Edwards is like, we're going to see the Ingalls in a month, I don't, and we've all been here. I don't have time for this. <laughs> right. I'm taking a month off of work. I got to work like yeah. a fucking maniac yeah. for the next 48 hours. So... He's like, I can't do lunch, but, you know, I'll come home. We'll have dinner, whatever. So they're planning to go to Walnut Grove to see the Ingalls for a month. Alicia turns to leave, but is distracted by picking up some pine cones. Yeah, because they were massive pine cones. What was she going to do with those fucking pine cones? I don't know, but they were massive. They were like giant baked potatoes. They were big. Well, on the East Coast, we're not used to seeing trees like this. Don't forget, this this is California. Is it supposed to be? I mean, I know it is California, but is mm-hmm. it supposed to be California? Is that where he's supposed to be? I think oh, he's supposed to be in the Midwest that. still, right? No, no. I think he stayed in gold country. Did he go to California? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So these are probably like redwood shit. Yeah. Yeah. So suddenly we hear timber and a tree is headed to fall right on her. Yep. Edwards runs towards her screaming and Alicia runs and the tree falls on Edwards. Yep. He goes into Jen, hero mode. how do you feel? How'd you feel about this? Well, he flings into hero mode. And then, but like the, the reason he gets crushed is not because he pushed Alicia out of the way. It's because he tripped. Yes. Like he, he would have been trip. safe too. Yeah. But he was running to save her. Yeah, I know. But like yeah. they always fall at the most inopportune time. <laughs> and he gets um, crushed by a what... giant tree, which would probably have killed him. Yeah. I feel like he got hit by the top of it, which is lighter. But I don't, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Cut to Charles, who is at the blind school for some reason. I think it's just to put Mary in my fucking face. I swear to God. Like, she has no relevance here. We yeah. don't need her. He's reading a letter that Grace has written him. And she's like, I just don't know what to do. I'm at a loss as to how to help him. He's just given up. Anyway, we aren't coming to vacay. Love, Grace. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, my husband is in a deep, deep depression. Anyway, can't come in. See you guys. Yeah. So they reminisce about Charles and Mary are there with, or Charles and Carolyn are there with Adam and wet blanket. And they reminisce about how full of life Edwards used to be and how great he was to all of them. And Charles says, they're talking about him like he's dead. 
Charles is like, Adam, I wish you knew him. He was like a mountain man, and he could do anything. Well, then Adam says, sounds like his mind is more crippled than his body. Like, he just, who writes this guy's dialogue? (laughs) Like, he just sounds like an idiot. I feel like Linwood Boomer is like, I got this. I'll write my own dialogue. Or he's, no, he's not, because we know he can write. He's just got to be like, that's true. That's is, true. is Adam mentally ill? Like, how do I play this script? <laughs> Him and Carrie are like, why do we say this? Time. Oh, wait. So then Adam goes, well, Mary used to be able to see, and now she can't. <laughs> time, says Carolyn. He'll come out of it in time. Grace loves him so much. If anyone can help him, she can. Adam pipes up once again and says, when Mary lost her sight. <laughs> Talking about it like she's not even there. Mary's kind of looking at him like, (laughs) what's your deal? It took an outsider to help her. Sometimes you need an outsider. And Charles is like, do you think I could go see him for a week? And Carolyn says, that's a great idea. But why don't you take Laura? Saddles him up with Laura. Yeah. And Charles for one second is like, I don't know if she should be seeing him like that. And Mary's like, Laura can handle it. Mary just wants Laura to leave town. Yeah. So, cut to the Edwards. Edwards is in bed, and Grace comes in to read him a letter. Edwards is cranky, guys. He is acting like a goddamn baby. He's in a bad mood. Yeah. Bad mood. Giant baby. Giant, giant baby. Charles and Laura are coming to visit, Grace tells him. And Edwards is like, what? Did you write them that letter and ask them? He wrote to them. He wrote to them. You did this, you monster. You did this. (laughs) And then she's like, you already, you already drove... Carl's Jr. away. Yeah, did you hear did. that? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that means he's not going to be in it. <laughs> I know, I know. We could have uh, used him with some explosives. How easily did know. he get driven away? Like, did yeah. Edward yell at him once and he left? That's I feel it? like he's off, like, mining for gold and doing dangerous shit. So Grace starts crying, and she's like, I just don't know how to deal with you. And Edward said, I ain't ask you to. Yeah, yep. And Grace is like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, I told you what to do. Fucking leave. Leave me. <laughs> and then Edwards kicks her out. And I just wrote, wow, this is like Jenny from ages twenty or 17 to 23. Okay. Right? You just didn't go near her. She was like a porcupine. <laughs> I didn't even live in the same state with you. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you did. When, when I was 23? 17, 18, 19, 20? No. I lived in... Upstate New York. When did you go to Syracuse? When I was like 20. Okay, so sorry. And then I went to Georgia. This is like Jenny from ages 17 to 20. 100%. Okay. So a few days later, Charles and Laura arrive. Jen, the Edwards have a really nice house. Yeah, they do. It's really cute. It's definitely an upgrade. We can all agree. Oh, yeah. Grace and Alicia run out to greet them. And Grace and Charles chat before going in the house. And she's like, it's bad. It's real, real bad. <laughs> it's real, real bad. <laughs> and she sobs into his big, broad, waiting mm-hmm. shoulders. Mm-hmm. She nestled right in there, if you notice. I noticed. Charles walks in on Edwards. And he's sulking. And Charles says. He's moping. And he's like laying stomach down. And Charles is like, I always said you looked best hind end up. <laughs> I thought we were going somewhere else with this. (laughs) They exchange pleasantries, and finally Edwards is like, what's up here? Why are you here? And Charles says, this is your ride or die. What the fuck, dude? I know. What are you doing, dude? He brought gifts, and Edwards is like, nope, don't want the charity. Jen, would you refuse a wagon full of gifts? This is like grade A self-pity here. This is real bad. Edwards shows Charles's injury, but like the way he does it, he's like, you want to see what I got? And he whips oh off God. the blanket and we can't see what he's showing him. Again, is this some kind of homoerotic <laughs> porn? Well, he throws himself out. on the floor, basically. <laughs> and Charles is like, what? What is this? Mm-hmm. What is this he's act? Like, he's like, watch me crawl, motherfucker. <laughs> so dramatic. So bad. And Charles, Charles is like, you know what? Laura's coming in here soon. Please don't put on this act for her. Yeah, I thought that was really good. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So later we see Laura helping Alicia with the new dress. Laura whipped up a dress for Alicia. Well, I like though what she said. She's like, well, Mary's better at stitching, even now. 
So Blind Mary is better at stitching than Sighted Laura. Mm, I feel like Blind Mary would be better at stitching than Sighted Amy. So we get that. So she's like, let's go show your dad. And Alicia's like, no, my dad doesn't allow me in his room. He's scary. He yells at me. Then she says, maybe he blames me, Laura. Maybe if I hadn't been out there. And this is where I wrote, oh, my God, she's acting circles around Carrie. Well, and and if there's someone that could help her through unwanted or unwarranted blame, it's Laura. It's 100%. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's where I have Alicia is, I'm sorry, 16 months older than Carrie. Born in 1969. This aired in 79, so maybe shot in 78. So they're like nine years old. Oh. Mm-hmm. But Laura's, Laura's like, like 14, right? Yes. Okay. So Laura says, he doesn't blame you. It wasn't your fault. Laura's 15, isn't she? I don't know. I something so. like that. Laura comes in to see Edwards now. So here we go. And she runs in and they hug and he seems happy to see her. Now, guys, this gets a little weird. Okay. I'm just going to, I get a weird vibe from this. He says he always had a soft spot for fun. Jenny, I'll read these things and you tell me appropriate or inappropriate. Okay. He says he always had a soft spot for funny faced half pints. That's fine. Appropriate, right? Yeah. Okay. He did forget baby Grace existed. <laughs> That's yes, like a side he did. note. Now he says he likes Laura's braids. Jenny? I think that's fine. Okay. Then he asks, wait, do you have a bow? You have a bow spark in you. That's weird. It's getting weirder, right? It's now we're weirder. Now we're yep. declining. We're going down a road. Okay. And I just wrote, what's a bow spark and how do I get one? <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, is it anyone special? Is your bow anyone special, Jen? Um, I mean, I, I guess he's just asking if she's dating someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. he's trying to hope she gets married off. Okay. Laura says, not as special as you. Okay, weird. Weird. Okay. Weird. He says, well, I am one of a kind. Jen? Weird. (laughs) So I wrote, this is going into a weird area. And is he a good friend or her dream lover? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I always thought of him as like an uncle or father figure for her. Yes, yes. But some of the rhetoric is a little weird. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. So Laura still tells him that she could spit. And he's like, I hope you've learned more than that from me. Now, that's normal. That's appropriate. Sure. Okay. Then they reminisce about their first Christmas when he showed up in his long johns. Fine. Funny story. Yeah, funny story. Now he's like, well, you've seen me in my nightdress and in my long johns. You better leave. Okay. Okay. All right. He's affected by her visit, though. Do you agree? Like it's, yeah. He's warm. She's melted him a little bit. Now we hear some sawing out of the window. Out the window. Charles is doing some shit. And Edwards tells Grace, that's what you need. A whole man. He's chopping wood. Yeah. A whole man. Not me, Jen. A whole man. And my whole question here is, what is the diagnosis? I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Don't jump ahead. Okay. Grace says, well, I have always been slightly attracted to Charles. I mean, have you seen him <laughs> without a say shirt? That. She doesn't have say that. Have you seen episode two, season one? Um, I, If you think about it, I could be his side piece. Like when he heads out of town, oh, he God. could just swing by here. This is what Grace said. No, that's not what happened, but okay. <laughs> Now it's dinner time and Grace has the fine china out. And I wrote, their house is really fancy. I know. It just really is. She calls Edward. I mean, Grace out. is kind of fancy. She is. She's, yeah, she's like classy. Mm-hmm. So she calls Edwards to come for dinner, but he has something propped against the door and won't come out. And Charles is like, fuck him. Let's eat. It's a good Whatever. Meal. I'm hungry. Yeah. They, they sit down and you can hear glass smashed. I'm like, is he trash in his room like <laughs> a la Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> like Motley Crue? Yeah, like what's, what's he doing? So, um I wrote, does someone maybe want to check on him? Yeah, like is he okay? maybe check on him. Grace is like, sometimes he throws shit. I don't know. So Edward suddenly emerges and he's acting all happy. He's like real manic. Well, that's why I was like, this is not okay. No. Like no. you don't go from that to this. In, no. in the in a click and just because you talked to Laura, no. They say the blessing and Edwards is like, 
I'm so excited. I'm so happy. It's good to be here. Hey, Charles, you want to go hunting for some venison? And Grace is like, um, hold on here. You could barely get out of bed. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? And Edwards is like, that's just like a woman. Asking me to get out of bed and then complaining about it. God, Edwards has some problems there. (sighs) He comes up with an elaborate plan, like using horses and stuff. And Charles is like... Oh, I need to see this. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Laura wants to go, too, but Edward says, hunt and eat for squeamish Again, Venus. we're back to this. Mm-hmm, we're back to mm-hmm. this again. She says she won't get in the way, and Edward says women are always in the way. And then they decide she can cook for them. Yeah, then they're both like, well, I'm not going to cook. Are you going to cook? I'm not going to cook. So nope. let's bring the woman, and she could cook. And I just okay. have, oh my god, there's going to be wing sauce. So now we see them heading out on horses to hunt. And Edwards is singing Old Dan Tucker. And Jenny, I have a question for you. I would murder him with my bare hands. What song would you sing if you could literally only sing one song forever? It wouldn't be this. And if I were <laughs> Laura or Charles, I would murder him with my bare hands. Yeah, I think I'm just going to pick a song and sing it around you. Okay. It's ridiculous. Guys, in the Mimi Bees come at me with the most annoying song in the world so I could pick one and sing it for her. I mean, to be fair, it could be anything. It'll annoy me. The song doesn't matter. Have you ever heard me sing? Exactly. The song, what you're singing doesn't matter. Yeah. It's real bad, guys. So later, Pa and Edwards are chatting and Laura is asleep. And Edwards starts talking about an old Sioux trail they are on and how he learned about it from Caesar Black Crow. And he says, one day, old Caesar Black Crow went off into the woods to die because he wasn't useful anymore. And then he's like, well, let's get to bed. Let's head to bed. Um, red flag. <laughs> red flag. Number red, one. He literally tells them what he's going to do. Yeah. Yep. Charles, I don't know. I think he's starting to put it together, but he just shrugs <laughs> off and shrugs it off and goes to bed. So the next morning, Charles is loading up some rifles, and Edward seems to be getting around okay with this crutch. This is where I want to talk about it. Like, what is wrong? Like, he's just walking on a crutch. He's just limping. Yeah. Yeah, is that's his, it. Is his dick not working? Is that what we're talking about Oh, here? is that what they're implying? Because <laughs> like he seems, like, I mean, he's hobbling around, but, like, he's fine. Like, he, he can function. Right, like... Is this, like, okay, so it seems to be some kind of hip leg injury. Sure. Is this never going to heal? Right. That's that's my question. Is like, I mean, we don't forget we could do things now, like put metal pins in and do mm-hmm. all kinds of, like, mm-hmm. hip replacements and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, they didn't have that kind of stuff then. But is it something that, like, it seems like he must have been worse and gotten somewhat better. So, like, yeah. yeah. I think his dick might not work. Oh, because like he does say to Grace, weird. "You need a whole man." I think it's because Charles is chopping wood. <laughs> Charles, <laughs> and, and can I just say, Laura's just sleeping on the ground. <laughs> the hell, of course she is. Okay. Oh, and then Edwards is like very adamant about not having Laura with them, and I feel like that should have been another red flag to Charles. Red flag too. Yep. Yep. He wakes Laura up by hitting her in the face with the crutch. <laughs> this whole episode is like the abuse of laura (laughs) i'd be pissed if i were her he's he's like sun's up so are we all right let's get ready for more inappropriate dialogue jen he says it takes a prince to wake up the sleeping beauty jen Uh, what right okay Okay, thank you i mean that's okay if she's four you know sure sure yeah so not 14 weird no Edward tells her to stay at camp and make them breakfast. Get to cooking. And Laura says, and I feel like she breaks the fourth wall and looks right at us and says, (laughs) no matter where they are or what they're doing, women always end up in the kitchen. (laughs) I think she did look at us. I felt like like then she should have went like, am I right? (laughs) Okay. So Charles and Edwards are strolling along. And again, Edwards is keeping right up with him. Mm -hmm. But Charles isn't giving a fuck and he's walking across real rocky terrain and shit nice at one point and there's can i just discuss that i'm gonna there's music playing that i'm now gonna refer to forever as wing sauce music 
Oh, real super. It's dramatic. like that, like yeah. when they're in da- like they're in imminent danger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At one point, Edward says to him, "Go up ahead of me," and that's when we get the wing sauce music. So let me get this straight, Jen. Reflect. Edwards, Edwards almost dies to save Alicia, mm-hmm. just to commit suicide and subject her to a life of trauma and guilt over her role in this. Mm, sounds right. Am I right? Yeah, yep. sounds about right. Okay. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Got it. And let's traumatize Charles and Laura while we're at it, right? Why not? Okay. So this reminded me, I want to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, and I'm going to, because this next scene is real hard to watch. Yes. So we see Edwards getting ready to shoot himself, and it's really hard to watch, and I wrote, I do not advise watching this. Like, I just feel like the gun culture has changed so much. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yep. I don't know. It's He's doing the Hemingway guys. He's, like, sitting against mm-hmm. the trees, got the rifle getting ready to put it in his mouth. He's got the little stick for the trigger. He, you know, cocks the gun. Like, and there's, it's really hard to watch. Like, honestly. Did did you feel the same way? Yeah, I agree. Ugh, I was freaked out. So we have real heavy music. And then all of a sudden, Charles kicks the rifle from his hand. Charles is shook. He's got some moves, man. Oh, yeah, he does. That could have fired. Did, but did you see how shook he was? He was literally shaking. Yeah. Yep. It was really, it was But I'm crazy. also like, first of all, he's got moose because it could have so easily fired yeah. when he kicked it. Yep. Um, but second of all, how did he not see this coming? I just, I, like, there were so many red flags. I know. I think the reason. I mean, don't forget, they don't understand Psyche like we do now. Like, there's no way Edwards would have made that big of a transformation, like, on the flip of a dime. You know what I mean? Like, that, it just, you, you wouldn't trust it. No, now. and you're meaning to tell me Charles got close enough to that rifle to kick it and Edwards didn't see him coming? Yes, no. And then I think he kicked it because if it did fire, it, would, like, it wouldn't have hit yeah. him, maybe. It Do might you know have what I mean? Charles. Yeah, sure. <laughs> wouldn't be the first time Charles accidentally got shot. <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last. Edwards says, get out of here. And Charles is so mad. 
And he's like, that's it. We're going home. And he's like, I will tie you to a horse if I have to. And Edwards is yelling, I'm half a man. Please don't let me be a burden to Grace. Please. Like, just let me do it. Leave me here. Now, Jenny, I have mixed feelings about this because I feel like there's a time for mercy and this is not it. Like, if Edwards had, like, stage four cancer sure. and was, like, going to sure. be a burden, and I'm not even advocating anything like this, but I, I guess I could see more of his case, but, like, he's literally just limping. Yep. Okay. Well, so it Charles- comes down to that, and, and this is a message coming from the show. Shit, I didn't do my why, I don't think. Oh, yes, I did. Never mind. Sorry. Because <laughs> I'm like, is this my why? Um, it... It's the devaluing of anything other than 100% able people. Yes. Yes. Like, 100%. they do it with Mary. They do it with... Mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting... Mm-hmm. You know, like, the Mary situation is getting better. But at first, right? They were like, yeah. oh, your life's over. Like, forget it. Yeah. You're going Same thing here. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if you have to have a cane for the rest of your life, so what? Yeah, right. We'll just like call you fine. caney. We'll just call you limpy. <laughs> So Charles head back to camp and he's super mean to Laura. He's like, get, get packed. We're like, that was, oh my God, I felt so bad to Laura, for Laura because she's like, oh, I, I'm making dinner like you told her mm-hmm. to or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. pack up, we're going home. I'm like, have you ever been in this experience either as okay, a parent that's what I was just or a say. child? I have to defend Charles here. My girls and I were just <laughs> talking about this. Last year on election day, my father-in-law suffered like a pretty severe seizure, and I, I was forgot the only that one was around. on election day. Yeah, they I voted forgot. first, then it happened. That's right. I totally forgot. Yes. So I was the only one home. So my mother-in-law calls me. She's like, "Something's wrong. Go up the garage. See what you know." I find him. He's he's responsive, but he's completely out of it. I wow. call the ambulance. Long story short, ambulance gets there. He really starts taking a bad seizure. They have to take them away. Meanwhile, my kids are in school virtually because they're home and it's COVID, right? They're like freaking out. Like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm literally screaming at them. Get the fuck out of here. Just go in your room and get on your school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we were talking about this and the girls were like, I don't think you realize how scary it was for us. We saw, we heard something was wrong with Pop. We saw an ambulance. We saw him going. Like Penelope's like, I thought he had a heart attack. And Samantha's like, we thought he was dying. So we were, like, screaming, crying because you weren't giving us information. I'm like, guys, I was trying to handle the emergency at hand. I was not going to run over, leave him, run over to the house and explain what was going on. First of all, I didn't even know what was going on. Right. Yep. So Charles is literally... Go ahead. It's the emotional load, right? Like, you're handling it first. And, like, they're going to have their own emotional load. Not based in fact, but you're dealing in the world of facts at that moment in reality. Yes, and I'm dealing in the the world of let me just take care of this physical emergency and then we'll deal with the emotions. Yeah. And Charles is in that place. He's like, I just need to deal with this. I got got so much going on with that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm defending him. He's, you know, really mean to Laura, but But this is this is you know this is the fault of like grown ass men. Like, this shouldn't be an emergency. I agree. I agree. So he's super mean to Laura. He's yelling at her. He's screaming at her. Then he goes back to get Edwards. And I'm like, and he's gone. And I'm like, why did you leave him? He literally just tried to commit suicide. And you're like, hold on. I'll be right back. Yeah. And he took the gun and he took the crutch. Yeah. And he took the crutch thinking he wouldn't be able to walk anywhere. But if somebody's that determined, who knows? Well, he tries to throw himself in a creek. Yes, he does. Okay. So then we see Edwards hanging on the side of a cliff. And Charles is like, yo, what's up, man? You trying to hide your tracks in the river? Then they get into a fight. They start fighting. Of course they do. Laura shows up and she starts like, she's hysterical. And she's like, what is going on? Why are you guys fighting? What's happening? So Edwards tells Laura, like, get out of here. I'm going to kill myself whether you guys help me or you don't. First, Charles says... I told you to stay at camp. And she's like, no, you literally didn't. <laughs> I know. That was so great. And he's and like, then, well, I'm telling you now. And then Charles is like, I think, Edwards, I think you should tell her what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Charles was being a good parent this yes. episode. Mm-hmm. So Charles finally turns to Edwards and he's like, fine. Like, if you want to die, 
fine, but I'm not helping you. No gun. I'm just leaving you here. And Laura starts freaking out and she gets hysterical because Charles is like, come on, we're leaving. Yep. So basically, like, come on, we're leaving. We're leaving this guy to die. She's hysterical. Charles has to hit her. I mean, that's the right response just to be hysterical about this. Like, this is a bad decision. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. So, Jenny, is this the normal response to stop someone from being hysterical to hit them? On 80s TV shows, yes. Because they do it in The Handmaid's Tale. They do it all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I I don't know how she'd snap somebody out of it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I've never been in this situation. Have you? No. No, I haven't. Thank God. All right. So Paul walks away and he catches up with Laura and Laura's sulking. Mm -hmm. And he says to Laura, look, I'm I'm really sorry I hate you. But he needs her to go to the road with the supplies and all of the camping shit. And he's going to secretly stay with Edwards. How does Laura get the shit end of this? She's got to move three horses and the entire camp to the to the road. Okay. Well, the best, though, is when um, when Charles slapped Laura. <laughs> and then he, like, she go, runs away and goes to the camp. And he turns around and gives Edwards this look like, I look hope what you proud of yourself. I hope mm-hmm. you're proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he says to Laura, the one thing Edwards was right about is if he goes home and kills himself, it'll be real bad. That'll be real, real bad. So he goes back and he finds Edwards and Edwards starts talking about the electric chair. I have an index card. Oh, good. I was hoping you did. So I have I found conflicting information about this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have time to like do deeper research to figure out what was correct. Okay. But Edwards tells, I just have Edwards tell some dark story about, like, Pa's not equipped to deal with this mental health crisis. Let's just say that. No. And Edwards tells some, like, dark story about the electric chair and then gets all Kevorkian on us. Mm Mm-hmm. So he talks about somebody in Albany told him about this new invention, the electric chair, and, like, basically, they want to find ways to humanely kill people who don't want to die, mm-hmm. yet they do nothing for people who do want to die. Mm-hmm. So this, the, the invention he's talking about, there was this dentist, of course a dentist, in 1881 in Buffalo, New York, named mm-hmm. Alfred P. South, Southwick, who invented the electric chair as a method of legal execution when he heard the story of an intoxicated man who touched a live genera- generator and died almost instantly. Oh. So he thought this would be a more humane way because at that time, it was either, I think, firing squad and hanging were, like, yeah, the two methods. Yeah, yeah, However, other sources, that was on Wikipedia, and it wasn't well, like, cited. Researched. Yeah. So I I found a couple sources, like, historytoday.com, that seemed better. Like, that mm-hmm. seemed like decent sources. Um, that says the electric chair was invented at Thomas Edison's lab in West Orange, New Jersey, in the late 1880s. Okay. This invention, however, was left out of many of Edison's biographies because of the embarrassment of being associated with such an invention. However, Edison invented it because he was actually anti-capital punishment, which I don't know if I believe, knowing his character, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. He he was against capital punishment, but until it was abolished, he thought electrocution might be quicker and less painful than hanging, although I could see him thinking that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. like, like, oh, this is better way to like quickly kill people instead of hanging. Like, it, like, it's the classic. We have a moral conundrum. Let's solve it in this weird, fucked up way instead of solving the real problem, which yeah. is we shouldn't have a capital punishment. Right. So, so that's the two stories. I don't know. I mean, it was vent- You know, they seem to be invented around the same time. Maybe it's one of those things where two different people had similar ideas, which is yeah. you know has happened over and over again around the world. So. Jenny, but it you, seems like they're both kind of credited with it. Do you remember in the 80s that movie Shocker came out? Megadeth did a song for, for it. Oh, Lord. It Megadeth. was about some dude who was, like, put, you know, put in a chair to, to be executed. And he either survives it or he yeah, comes back to haunt like people. I don't, something like that. I just remember the Megadeth involvement mm. with that. Don't ask me why I thought of this, but 
I was laying in bed last night and I thought of something else that was a thing in the 80s. Oh, yeah? What's that? Lassos. Lassos. Like, like doing the little knot and like doing the little yeah. like thing and like throwing a rope to like catch things. I feel like that's just a kid thing, generally. Do you think? Did your kids not like no? But don't forget no. But don't forget we're very far removed from that Western cowboy culture now. Yeah, but like Wonder Woman had one. Wonder Woman did have one. Yeah, wasn't that the Lasso of Truth or some shit? The Lasso of Truth. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. All right, guys. So Edwards is like, please put me on an electric chair. I don't. And then Charles is like, I gotta go sit on this rock because I'm on suicide watch now and I don't know what to do. So I gotta go I talk put, to God. I put Charles, Edward says, if you want to be humane, leave the rifle and go. And Charles says, nope, and runs off to a big rock to pray. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing else they can do. They're not calling a helpline, right? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> well, he is, Jen. He's calling the big guy upstairs. Rev is nowhere to be found because usually Rev's Rev would help be, with this. He is bypassing Rev and going right to God. So he's like, dear God, give Mr. Edwards a reason to live. Show me the way. Just then, things get real weird. Yes, they do. (laughs) Because a little buck appears. And Charles tells the buck, you're safe today, dude. Isn't that a doe? I don't know. He had the, what do you call the antlers when they have the fur on them? Oh, then it was a buck. Yeah. Yeah. But he was a young buck because he had the fuzz. I don't know. You mean Jenny talk wildlife? Somebody come for us. <laughs> it's We're definitely, definitely a buck. It's definitely a buck. Okay. So he, for some reason, even though they went there to shoot a deer, Charles is like, you're safe, dude. Get out of here. So he shoots in the air to scare the deer and the deer won't move. And I wrote, oh, my God. Are they trying to tell us the deer is God? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah. this is a fearless deer yep. that's not afraid of guns or hunters. Yep. yep. Charles says, show me the way to the deer. Show me the way. Then we hear another gunshot, and this jolts Edwards awake because was he sleeping? I don't know. I don't know. But he gets up. Charles starts yelling for help. Edwards limps over to help him. Charles is like, I'm gut shot. You need to get a doctor. Get to Laura. Get to the road. Get to the horse. And I just wrote, if Charles did what I think he did, he is diabolical. (laughs) Jesus Did he shoot himself? Like, no, no, no. I thought one worse. I thought he shot the deer, which he did. But I thought he shot the deer just to use the blood and was not going to take the deer home or anything. Like, he just sacrificed the deer. I thought he shot himself somewhere, oh like, that where no. he could heal. I no. was like, damn, that's a friend. Guys, I cannot believe he did this. Jenny, how pissed would you be at me? First of all, can we discuss that there's wings off? There's wing sauce. There is. And there's Charles writhing around in pain, which is usually a hot Charles to me, but mm, he throws know. a hero mode right at Edwards. <laughs> throws it right at him. Edwards starts flying across the terrain. And I'm like, I Well, don't wait, know. wait, 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 wait. I, I forgot <laughs> what I wrote about this. I'm like, did Charles shoot himself to save ride or die? This is meta hero mode. <laughs> Edwards is, I put Edwards is burning through the terrain. And then he takes the bait. He takes the bait. He takes the bait. I wrote, I don't know how much pressure he should be putting on that hip or leg. I don't know. He's in super dramatic hero mode. Jen, the Casio keyboard is all warmed up. It's go. We're in a low D. We get two whole minutes of this. Oh, was it only two minutes? It felt like seven. Yeah, it felt like 18 hours. Finally, he gets to Laura and tells her her father's been shot. Yeah. Yep. Just throws that right out there. I mean, Laura is like an adult now. Like, Laura's she's like, just dealing with all the shit. Laura's like, what? And then, Jen, then Charles appears. And I just wrote, holy shit, this is wild. <laughs> Charles shows up and does some mental jujitsu on Mr. Edwards. Edwards is pissed. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Guys, Charles just literally wiped a little blood on himself and pretended that he was gut shot. Yeah. Edwards is so pissed. He's like, I almost killed myself trying to save you. And Charles like, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't decide if I want to make out with Charles or oh, slap Lord. him across the face. All right. So Charles goes, I thought killing yourself was your idea in the first place. And I wrote, Edwards is standing there stunned, as am I. Yes. Stunned. Like, my mouth is to the floor. I'm like, what is happening? He looks so mad. He looks like he's going to rip Charles off those rocks and beat the shit out of him. Yep. But instead, Jen, he's like, ah, darn nabbit, let's go home. And, and I have then a taste for venison. And then they're on the carriage, and he's like, you, Ingles, one of these days I'm going to tell you what I think of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we see them arriving home, and Edwards is singing again. Does he just do this all the time? Is it another, constant? It's another fucking miracle. Another one. Yeah. There's one yeah. every show now. Yep. Laura says it's almost like a miracle, isn't it, Pa? Because Grace comes off the porch and she and Edward start making out like everything's okay. And Pa goes, not almost, Half Pint. Not almost. Another fucking miracle. They get and one I've, every week. And at this point, I'm like, we better see that deer. We better see that deer. And then across the third horse was the deer. <laughs> we don't know what happened to the deer. Because I was like, if he shot that deer and just used it for that handful of blood... I would have been pissed. We'll never Jenny, know. Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Edward's fault. I think it's Alicia's fault. Why are you sidelined uh, by the pine cones? Okay, this is Edward's crew's fault. Shorty's fault. You should have a better, like, there's there's protocol for dealing with knocking down trees. It's real serious. Timmy cuts trees down. Yeah, it's a big thing. And it's real serious. They take it really, real serious. So, like, the fact that this was just bolting towards, like, a random area where people were walking is mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm going to blame Alicia, though, and her lusting after the pine cones. It was super weird. What is a pine cone getting you? Well, what you, are you I doing mean, with the fucking but pine you can cone? But you can start down that rabbit hole of, like, is it Edward's fault because he didn't have lunch with her? <laughs> is, is it, it Grace's fault for sending him out? Is it the Ingalls' fault for inviting them for vacation? Yeah, like, who knows? Okay. All right, Jenny. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on a theme or a lesson or something we took from the rewatch or the original. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is our why for this episode? I don't know what yours is, but mine is. This is what we thought. This is why we thought having a knockdown, drag out, super emotional, attempted suicide episode in the woods with your friends was a totally reasonable way to deal with your mental health problems. Are you talking about a Friday night when you were standing around a keg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, this is just what you did. You had big, dramatic episodes, and then everyone pretended nothing happened, and you moved on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how we de- dealt with mental health problems in the 80s. Yeah, that's how or we you got into it. And you got into a fight with your friend. Yes. 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 Mental health just was not Nothing. a thing. Not a thing. It just wasn't a thing. Nope. I was walking across campus today, and I'm always talking about how much I love this generation, because I'm I'm officially into teaching Gen Z now, mm-hmm. and I'm walking across campus today, and a little car pulls up, and a, it was three or four girls in the car, and they were dropping one of their friends off, and she was like running to class. The girl in the driver passenger side rolls down the window and yells, "Remember that you're beautiful. Smile and make somebody's day." I'm like, could you imagine this happening during Gen X? No. We'd be like, get the fuck out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm smoking in here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jenny, my why is this is why I always buy into this bullshit that men are just allowed to act like big babies. Because this is what we saw. Like Edwards was injured Mm -hmm. and he was allowed to act like a big baby and put everyone else through a ton of trauma. Because he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. And this was acceptable. This was acceptable to me growing up. Right. Where Carolyn had to, like, cut off her own leg and just carry on and make dinner for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And bake those fucking pies. That's right. That's right. She had to get that done, even though she was almost half dead. This is something, though, that I I work on a lot is why do I give men a pass Mm -hmm. and I don't give women a pass? No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? And while well, you're doing I mean, that, I, I, while you're doing that, I'm going to pull up we have some new patrons. 
So next we're going to do episode, or season six, episode 10. It's called The Faith Healer. Reverend Edward Danford, a preacher and faith healer, comes to Walnut Grove with his fascinating concept of overcoming all physical adversities with pure faith in God. As his popularity increases, he decides to stay in town permanently. I love a good Charlton. (laughs) Very excited about this. Well, because they never know. They're like so duped. They're so I love episodes where they are duped. I'm very excited. Which is like every episode. Basically. Every episode. All right. Okay, guys. So real quick, I just want to welcome Holly K and Barbara B as our new ride or die patrons. So thank you very much, guys, for um, supporting us. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join the patron Patreon, just head over to our website or the link is in our show notes, and we do. Some fun stuff over there. We're doing Love Boat, which is crazy and wild, and we're doing Blockbusters. So we just did... What was our Blockbuster we just did, Jenny? Oh, no, we did a time capsule. We did The Price is Right, The Perfect Bet. So it was a documentary on this guy the who, bid. like... The Perfect Bet. The Perfect Bet. Who was bid. a psycho. This guy who, like, hacked The Price is Right, essentially. He's a psycho. And then we're doing Love Boat. So you get two and we're gonna episodes... Do... Gremlins for Christmas. And we're going to do Gremlins for Christmas, and I'm very excited. So thanks for joining. Um, Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, check out my crossover I did with Lori from Untitled Gen X Podcast. She was great. And she's got a really, she's got a really good podcast over there. I mean, she was fun to talk to. I mean, Amy came came for math (laughs) in this podcast, which I was really angry about. Because I wasn't there to defend math. Yeah, you were not there to defend math. And also, you were talking about how Gen Xers are are afraid of pills. And I just want to say, as a Gen Xer, I will take all the pills. <laughs> not afraid. Okay. So I don't think that's specifically a Gen X thing. I think that's okay. a you thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's a me thing, definitely. All right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you soon. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.